What's up, everyone? This is the Jelly Cards Podcast, and postseason ball is in full swing. Astros, Rangers, and the Diamondbacks have all advanced to their conference series. But is this a good time to start listing some cards? Players like Corbin Carroll and Jordan Alvarez have been raking in the playoffs. But are there markets reflecting that play? John and I discuss all of this in our brand new episode. So if you are ready, we are ready. Sit back, relax, and enjoy this new episode from the Jelly Card Boys. All right, welcome back to the Jelly Cards Podcast, where John and I are spreading the love of the hobby. This is episode 28, and this time, John, we were going to talk about postseason ball last episode. We changed courses, but I feel as now we have to talk about postseason ball. (laughs) And I just want to point out, okay, I want to ask you this. If somebody were to have told you at the beginning of the season, like before the season even started, that there was a chance we could be watching a Texas Rangers versus Arizona Diamondbacks World Series, how, how would you have reacted? I would have probably told them that they've lost their minds. Yeah. There's no chance that's going to happen. Because those two teams have yet to lose in the postseason. I know. It's insane. And especially, I mean, listen, okay. So for Texas, I look at Texas to be a better team than Arizona. Correct? Like, I, I just feel as if the players on Texas are better than the players on Arizona. So, it, I guess to me, like, it's not as surprising, I guess, how well Texas is doing, especially because they were a pretty hot team coming into the postseason. However, what Arizona's doing <laughs> is insane. They almost didn't make it to the postseason. I mean, it took them, I mean, us. Cubs were battling it out with them and it took it to almost the very end. Exactly. I think it was within like the last two games that they finally clinched or the last game they finally clinched, whatever it was. Mm-hmm. So for them then to go and sweep the Brewers in Milwaukee, win both those games and then go play the Dodgers, the division winners, win two games in LA and then go into Arizona and win the third one. Incredible. Yeah, absolutely. They swept the Dodgers, which is nuts. And they have probably like half the payroll. <laughs> yeah, that's and, right. And see, and this is my thing. We talk about this all the time in the group chat. And I know you're, you kind of lean more heavily towards like you want owners to kind of to spend more money, but you also want a, a, a salary cap. You don't want like teams like the Dodgers to just be able to buy up everybody while these other teams are kind of like hemorrhaging players. Mm-hmm. But to me, look at the Dodgers have Mookie Betts. You have Freddie Freeman. You have Will Smith. Get jiggy with it. (laughs) You have JD JD Martinez. You have Clayton Kershaw. You have all of these top amazing players. And you got swept. Mookie (laughs) didn't even have a hit. I know. He didn't even have a hit. Freddie had one hit. J.D. Martinez, I think, had two hits or whatever. Your best hitter was Will Smith. (laughs) I mean, hey, spend all the money you want. But if anybody's putting bets on on the Dodgers to win the World Series, you got to stop because they're show (laughs) artists in the postseason. 
Yeah, man. I, I kind of feel bad for Kershaw with his postseason woes. They just keep getting worse. Well, I mean, look, yeah, look at the team. They they crapped the bed every postseason except for the COVID year, which I don't even count that. Exactly. Like that, that's an asterisk year. That's like a, hey, congratulations, you won the World Series playing half the games. <laughs> that might be the reason why you won. Because exactly. you're one of the strongest teams up until the postseason. Because yeah. last year you lost to the Padres. Obviously, then yeah, in 2021, who they they probably lost. I don't even know who they lost to in 2021. But oh, didn't they make it to the World Series? Uh, I think so. Right. Even then, you still lost. Mm-hmm. So you spend all this money. Even if here's the thing. Even if they spent money and and they went and signed Otani, I still wouldn't put money on them to win the World Series. <laughs> okay. Like, I, I mean, well, I mean, you would think, don't mm-hmm. wouldn't wouldn't you think that having Mookie Betts and Freddie Freeman, two two players who are on the verge of winning in the MVP, and they play on the same team, and both and between the two of them, you got one hit. Yeah, I don't know I, what against the wild card Diamondbacks. Like, yeah, this is why. Yeah, whatever. It's a whole separate debate, but this is exactly why that I I feel like if you want to compete for a World Series or just to be successful in general, you need pitching. You need good starting and uh, bullpen depth, too. Well, isn't that the Dodgers, though? Who do they have besides Kershaw and um, the rookie, Bobby Miller? Bueller's out, I think. And uh, who's I think they Lance Lynn started the other day, right? Yesterday? Uh, that I'm not sure. I don't pay any attention to the Dodgers. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. But I don't know. I uh, have you have you been keep the Diamondbacks? I think have let up less than either two runs or less in four straight games. I, I don't. They maybe let up three on their first game against the Brewers, but after that, it's been two or less every well, time. They have a good one-two punch in, in their starting ro- uh, in their starting rotation, but really, what it's been is their bullpen. Yeah, exactly. Their bullpen has been the reason why they have been so successful because uh, this. I was watching a video before we uh, started recording this podcast, and it was on uh, obviously MLB Network. And Chris Young was talking about it. He was talking about if if all the NL teams, so for for the teams that made it to the postseason on the NL side, he literally said, if all those NL teams had the choice of one team to play. In order to advance that postseason, they're all going to pick the Diamondbacks. <laughs> and it's crazy to then look and, and say that, hey, you're Diamond. You guys haven't lost a game. Yep. You thought the Diamondbacks were going to be the easy route, and it probably looked like it. I mean, the Brewers probably looked at being like, hey, good. We're not playing the Marlins because the Marlins actually have good pitching. And their team's hot. They're, they're scoring a lot of runs. Yeah, sure, they – the Diamondbacks have a good, you know, one-two punch in their starting rotation, but they don't score a lot. They're not a, like a super high, you know, powered offense, and they have a mediocre payroll, you know. <laughs> so the the Milwaukee probably thought they were just gonna bulldoze through them. Uh, for sure, the Dodgers probably were like, well, guys, we got this. Yep. Diamondbacks making it to the NLCS. Brewers get swept. Dodgers get swept, and now the Diamondbacks are in the NLCS. Yeah. And the Phillies, one game away from beating the Braves. Which would be really nuts. I thought for sure the Braves were going to be fine in the playoffs. 
I mean, the Braves, you had to look at the Braves and, and think that they're the top team. I mean, that they're the team that's going to win. Absolutely. Win it all. Like, I mean, that whole team is stacked. Top to bottom. Absolutely stacked. But look at it, though. Who's They're not showing up. Matt Olson, not showing up. Ronald Acuna, not showing up. Austin Riley, yeah, he, he had that huge home run that, you know, gave them the lead. But realistically, no one's showing up on that team. Mm-hmm. But the Phillies, though, yeah, Phillies are playing some great, great ball. And it was awesome. Did you see yesterday what Harper did? Yeah, I did. I love the stare down. <laughs> I Man, I love the stare down. Like, Harper's my guy. Like, oh, Harper is my guy. I need a Harper jersey oh, just to have. Don't do that. Harper might have his career ended. <laughs> Uh, well, I'll get his Nationals jersey. I like. I there want like his like his Nationals like because that's where he's you know he got drafted to started. I want, but I need a Harper jersey just to have. Like I'll set you know, not even to wear, but just to have it. He's I should a frame very it. good baseball player. Yeah, and they're up. And, what are they up two one now? I think they're up two one. They're playing again tonight, and if they win tonight, you're gonna see if uh, Phillies versus uh, Arizona Diamondbacks. I think the Braves are starting Strider, though. So Yeah, oh, they were chanting. The Phillies fans were chanting, we want Strider. Yeah, not a good idea. Hey, man, you know what? I love the moxie. I like, I love, I love the, uh, the enthusiasm. I love the confidence. That team is, they're rolling, man. Nick Castellanos, he's playing really well. Harper, obviously, playing really well. Alec Bohm, Bryson mm-hmm. Scott, you know, Trey Turner. Zach Wheeler's pitching outstanding. Yeah. Arnola's a beast. I love Arnola too. It's you're you're looking like you're looking better than you did last year. Kind of what we anticipated, right? When the season started, I kind of after they signed Turner and all that stuff, I was like, dang, I'm kind of afraid of the Phillies. And now it's all clicking when it when the time is right. Everything is going well. Because regular season play, it was not not the good the greatest start to the season for them, you know, Trey Turner was only batting like two thirty. Obviously, Harper was injured. You know, I mean, Kyle Schwarber. How do you finish the season <laughs> with a one ninety five average, but you still manage to belt almost fifty home runs? Like, I don't understand it. I don't understand what happened to Kyle Schwarber. But yeah, we talked about it before. He's just he's completely shifted his interest when it comes to batting. It it upsets me. Because this this is not who you were when you played for the Cubs. It's true. You were an all-around good hitter. You gave that up for, for the home run? Like, is that really what they're asking out of him? Like, I, I don't get it. Me neither. But, hey, it's working clearly. I, I guess if you're okay with 190. I mean, are you okay with a 195 average, but you're hitting 50 home runs? Me personally? Absolutely not. I would be embarrassed. <laughs> I would be embarrassed to hit under 200. Dang. I agree. I'd be embarrassed to bat under 230, man. I agree with you. You know? Like, I mean, yeah, it's great that you're hitting all these home runs, but 195, dude, you have to you have to be either hitting a home run or or you're getting an out. Uh, I think he's batting like 190 in the in the postseason too. I feel Shocker. like I saw that. Yeah, I think I saw that the other day. Yeah, and he's and he 
runs like he's struggling. <laughs> hey, wait, don't hate, whatever. I'm, I'm just saying, man. I'm just like, you know, like, you. Maybe that's what happened it. to you? Hey, man, maybe he's uh, maybe he's got an injury or something, and he just can't. Maybe, he knows I he guess. can't leg out any singles or doubles, so he's just gotta, he's gotta go for the fences every time. Because everyone wants to rip on on Stanton for the, you know, for his effort. I mean, but that might actually be full, full effort for Schwarber. Exactly. Yeah, he can't go much further. But so, so the main, uh, the main topic I wanted to talk about this episode, and and it was going to be surrounded by the postseason baseball, is I wanted to talk about does postseason play affect the player's card market? Like, is this is postseason a good time for you to sell sell your cards, list your cards? You know, there's plenty of different influences throughout a player's season or career that can increase their card markets. You know, we obviously we talk about call up all the time, you know, prospects getting called up to the majors, huge, you normally huge spikes in the market, right? Mm -hmm. You know, we could talk about obviously mid season play uh, players, accolades, you know, MVP awards, obviously, you know, I'll bet you a lot of people buy into Otani cards when they start talking about MVP or last year, you know, um, Vladimir or not last year was it 2021 with uh, Vlad Jr. When he was on the verge of winning a triple crown, you know, they start talking about that. Boom. You know, markets go up, but for the postseason, like is, is, does the postseason give you and your cards enough of a boost to where you're comfortable being able to like sell your cards? So my first question to you is like, do you look at the postseason as a time for like, if you had personal cards that you wanted to sell or even jelly cards, are you looking at the postseason and going like, guys, we, we should be listing our cards? Honestly, usually, yes. Yeah. When it comes to the postseason, uh, it's tough to decide. It's really influenced heavily by their postseason play. Like, I feel like when we had our Jeremy Pena card, when the Astros won their World Series and he was named MVP, I feel like if we would have sold it when that was happening, we would have made a lot more money than we when we did sell it. So I feel like if the player's doing well or he has a game like Carper just had yesterday with the two, two home runs, I would absolutely be fine selling that card. But I guess it differs if the – like, it's really tough to just list it and then hope because we usually do auctions. But if the player does well and the team keeps advancing, I would list it. If the player gets swept right away, you kind of, it's the risk that you take. Like if I would have listed a Yelich card or something when the postseason started or a Sal Freelick card and the Brewers get swept in their first two games, it's just, eh, well, no one's really going to be looking at Brewers cards anymore. Maybe I'll get like a leftover hype from, Brewers fans who are like, hey, whatever, we had a great season. I want to get some cards, but I don't know. I It depends on the success of the team, but yeah, for sure, for me, when it comes to cards that I have, if I have a player that's playing in the postseason, I usually prefer to list it like right when the postseason starts, right when the first game is happening. Like say I have a, a, Kyle, a Kyle Schwarber card and the Phillies have their first playoff game. I'm listing it that night on an auction, hoping that it ends like on a Sunday night and, and the Phillies just keep doing well. Yeah. But how are you feeling about it? What do you think about listing and selling cards when postseason comes around? So at first, like before I even looked at the card markets for this episode, I was 
thinking that I don't think it does give you that much of a boost. Or you have to be pretty damn lucky when you <laughs> list your cards, especially if you're listing them on auction. Like, so when I was looking at players' markets currently, you know, like Corbin Carroll, he has a lot of uh, buy now options, Interesting. which make a lot, which make a lot more sense because, like you said, it's it's risky to put these cards on auctions you know, for however long you want, because a lot can happen in a seven day auction or a five day auction. I mean, in a five day auction, your team can be out of it already. Exactly. So I I noticed that there was a lot of buy now options, which does make a lot of sense because then if they, you know, say, Oh, Corbin Carroll goes off, he, he hits two home runs in a game or whatever. Somebody can just go on there and be like, Oh, let me, let me try to make an offer on this card. You know, Instead of, dang, like this still has three more days left on an auction. Like, you know, well, let me watch it first. Let's see what happens, you know, because a lot of times that's where you do see the big boosts in in card markets when it comes to postseason play. It's not necessarily um, like the like middle of the season where it's, you know, good play over time. A lot of times you see these boosts because of you know, major accomplishments in the game, you know, obviously going back to last year, Bryce Harper hits the game, uh, go ahead home run in uh, what was it? Game seven or game five or whatever, whatever it was that put them into the world series mm-hmm. that instantly boosted his card market. And you saw it and, and which made me then go and I listed my Bryce Harper card <laughs> last year and I had it. And, and I had, you know, I put it on an auction and I had it end for the um, for game one of the World Series to end that to end that night after the game. Unfortunately, the game went a lot longer than my auction, so the auction ended while the game was still going on. Anyways, they lost, and I actually lost on the card. <laughs> unfortunately, you know. So for me, it's like I went based off of whoa, look at this big boost on Bryce Harper cards. Uh, you know, let me go and list mine. But that big boost was because of that huge hit that he had. So yes. it, it's tough and it's risky. It's risky to, to list your cards during the postseason because I think you have to do a buy now option. I don't I think it's almost it's too hard to go by based off an auction unless you get extremely lucky where you're listing and then they end up having this huge game. Exactly. Like uh, you kind of have to predict who's going to win this series basically because i feel like if i have if you have a freddie freeman card or a mookie betts card listed for this uh like let's say the po- i don't know when their series started but let's say a series started like last week and you had it ending i don't know this upcoming sunday and now the dodgers are out of the playoffs i feel like not many people are going to be looking for dodgers players maybe mookie and freddie freeman are bad examples because they're just superstars essentially and they're like all stars year after year, but like a Bobby Miller card or something like that, some sort of yeah Will Smith yeah like, Will Smith yeah. card. No one's going to be really looking for those cards as the postseason goes on, and you're not seeing any Dodgers players playing. Yeah, but if you look at so if you look at the players, um, and this is why I said when I was looking at it, it actually uh, was the opposite of what I was thinking because honestly, I was thinking that uh, we might see you know, a plateau in the market and, you know, you might see a little bit of jumps here and there on, on certain players cards, but you might, not, but they might not be as drastic to the point where it's, it would make me comfortable to, to list my cards if I had them or if we as jelly had them. But I instantly went, well, 
Okay, let's look at Corbin Carroll's market. You know, Corbin Carroll's playing really hot this postseason. In 17 at-bats, he's batting a 412. He's got two home runs, four RBIs. Wow. He's got two stolen bases already, and his OPS is a 1.389. God. Yeah, and guys, remember, he's a rookie. This is his true rookie year. I mean, he had some games uh, um, uh, last season. I think it was only like 35 games he played in. But then he jumped to 155 games this year. He's for sure going to win NL Rookie of the Year. Mm -hmm. And he's continuing that success in the postseason. So I was like, well, let me – I was like, I remember – oh, first off, and I want to put this on record too. I don't remember which – I think it was the I think it was the first episode of this season two for us that I said, watch out for the Diamondbacks because they are going to be sneaky good this year. You remember that. Say you remember. I remember, but only because you were obsessed and love Longoria. That's the only reason you said it. That's right. Well, I was right. Congrats. But then I also put down, you know, we, we talked about players who you you can invest in for the season. And I talked about Corbin Carroll. Mm-hmm. And so start of the season, his first Bowman Chrome auto in a PSA 10. So before season, well, when the season just started, that card sold for $504.11 was one of the auctions that sold. Dang. His last two that have sold. And they have been in like within the last like day or two. One sold for one thousand one hundred and fifty. The other one sold for nine hundred and sixty nine dollars. Hell yeah! So if you are a person, or a collector, investor who bought into that five hundred and four dollar first Bowman Chrome Auto of Corbin Carroll, and managed to have that John disease and hold it yeah. throughout this entire season. And sell it right now and, and sell it for $1,150, kudos to you. Oh, yeah. Double your money. Because in my opinion, I, yeah, I was kind of thinking like – I now, I didn't look at what cards were selling like back in like September. I wasn't looking at those. And I think they're probably similar to – I think if I can remember, I think they might be a little bit similar to what they're selling for right now. But my point is, is if you were the person that bought it, it – it, you know, at the beginning of the season and you're the type that's like, Hey, you know what? Diamondbacks might make playoffs. They might make postseason. Let me hold it until they start playing. And, and, you know, yeah, man, look at how, look at you literally just doubled your money more than doubled your money. Absolutely. That's awesome. Yeah. So, I mean, what other player are do you, can you think of that, you know, right now is is playing at a at a pretty high level in the postseason that you'd be like, hey, I think we, you know, if I had this card, I should be selling it. So the only person that popped into my head when we were talking about it is Harper because of what happened yesterday. And uh, while we were talking about all this stuff, I was just looking up card prices. So um, this is way less expensive. This is more like uh, like Jason and John find the cheap cards in the beginning of the season and try to double your money a little bit less so on july 27th of this year which is like i don't even know if harper was playing was he playing was he back by then yeah i think he came back in like may or june okay so a psa 10 2012 tops update rookie sold for 49 dollars on july 27th and right now thursday with 13 and a half hours left on an auction for a 2012 tops update 
Bryce Harper PSA 10, it's sitting at $95. So, yeah, just like we're talking about here, if, if the player does well and their team does well, every market usually tends to go up at least a little bit. But now I'm kind of upset that I didn't look and see if there's like a contrast, if I should look and see if Freeman cards have fallen off or I should look and see if Freelick from the Brewers cards have fallen off or like all those other yeah. players who've been eliminated. Uh, like Orioles too. Holy crap. We should probably talk about that. I should look into the that Orioles market. Sad. Extremely sad. I was rooting for them. Yeah. Sad that they just couldn't get their, you know, they they were stuck on the bench. All of them were like, they might as well have just not played yeah. like, with the, with the way the offense went. I mean, but I, so I was going to put Bryce Harper down too, but when I was looking at Bryce Harper's market, to me, it was like, it wasn't as drastic as like Corbin Carroll's is. And I, and it could be what, you know, could be because Harper's more established player, you know, Corbin Carroll still has that kind of hype around him because he's only 23 years old. You know, everybody kind of knows already how Bryce Harper is as a player. So I feel like a lot of people who are, possibly holding those like higher end cards are probably holding them waiting till like his career's over or something, you know, maybe waiting for like him to become a hall of famer or something like that. Because realistically that tops update, which I think I believe is like if, when it comes to just like a, a paper rookie card of his, I think that is the top um, rookie card to invest in for Harper. Mm -hmm. That one Oh one is actually not, far off from where they were previously. So obviously his card market dipped because of his injury and everything. But when I was like investing in his cards um, in 2021, that's kind of where that card was sitting at. Okay. So it's, I mean, it's nice to see that that card's getting back to where it's supposed to where it was originally. But yeah, if you were lucky and bought it during season, but if you were the person that like me, where you bought it, you know, two years ago yeah. and now it finally got back. Well, now you're still waiting and you're not seeing that big jump. Like you, you know, like you would hope when you're looking at Corbin Carroll or I, I put down Jordan Alvarez. Yeah. I was going to talk about Jordan too. Jordan is probably is, is the best hitter in this postseason right now. And he was the last time too. And he what? And it's unfortunate that this guy gets hindered by injuries during the regular season. <laughs> Because I truly think he's he's an MVP waiting to happen, in my opinion. Mm, maybe. Maybe. I mean, but I th he's got all the capabilities in the world to be an MVP. I agree. If you look at his postseason stats currently, in 16 at-bats, he's batting a 438. He's got four home runs, six RBIs. His, his OPS is 1.784. Yeah, that's disgusting. And so when I was looking at his card market, so he was another player that when we uh, the episode that we talked about AL and NL MVPs mm -hmm. and we were kind of choosing like who we think could win an MVP, I put him down and I, I wrote down, I went back in my notes and I, I wrote down his 2018 first Bowman Chrome auto. I put down, a, I must've just only found a Beckett card, but it was a BGS 9.5 auto 10. And that card sold for $455. <laughs> However, though, now this is surprising, and I'm and I'm guessing this has to maybe do because he was he's had injuries. That same card last sold on uh, October 9th, sold for three sixty. For the BGS nine five. Yeah, 
So it actually lost money. Wow. So from beginning of the season to now, you actually are at a loss on that card. Dang. Yeah, which was kind of surprising to me, which maybe could be because it's a Beckett graded. That's what I was going to say. Uh, because if you look at his, I'm going to go for uh, PSA 10 now. So on October 8th, a, um, his first Bowman Chrome Auto PSA 10, last one sold for uh, $711. A one before, if you look back at uh, in September, one sold on uh, September 25th for 613. So actually, it, it's jumped up like a hundred dollars in the matter of just like a couple weeks. <laughs> so that BGS one might just be because it's a BGS graded card. You know, the hype of the beginning of the season was probably what probably made somebody jump out, you know, jump out there and go snag a $450. BGS 9.5 yikes and now when people are like yeah I don't want this BGS card like you know unfortunately yes yeah but if you look at his PSA 10 613 on September 25th now it's at 711 on uh, October uh, 8th so that's pretty awesome it's another hundred buck hundred dollar increase yeah and and again like if I mean hey if you were a person that bought into that six hundred and thirteen dollar card Back in September, thinking, hey, I know how Jordan is in the postseason. He's going to rake. Let me buy this card now. It's going to go up. Well, look at you. Look, now you look like a genius. Is that what you think? That uh, That's a good question to ask for people who collect cards in general. Do you think towards the end of the season, it's a good idea to start buying up players that you think their team is going to make it to the postseason and then flipping them when the postseason starts, that can go for like everything. Like why, for example, Texas, like Seager and Carter, would you, would you have bought some of these Texas rookies or like Texas hitters who are really, really great towards the end of the season, or maybe like not towards the end of the season. Cause maybe that hype will be a little bit too high, but let's say like, August or early September, buy up those cards and then figure out if you want to flip them when the postseason starts. Well, it's it's a good thing that you bring that up, and uh, I'm gonna use a player example to answer your question there. Oh God! So, I, so I also put down uh, Adolis Garcia. Hmm. So Adolis Garcia, who plays for the Texas Rangers, he had a card sell in uh, on sell on um, August 13th. So it says first Bowman Chrome Auto. I just use first Bowman Chrome Autos for um, my examples here. Nice. So his 2018 first Bowman Chrome Auto PSA 10. That's that card on August 13th sold for $56. Oh man, that sounds so yeah. nice. Oh, I, I know, right? That that is that is Jason and John wheelhouse right yeah. there. That same card was sold on October 10th or October 5th for. A, $102.50. Awesome. Yeah. So it actually proves your point. It, it, it could be a good thing to start buying into these players, maybe August, beginning of September, possibly even late September. The markets might be a little high towards late September. Yeah. But if you buy, if you start kind of looking at these players, looking at these teams going, hey, you know, they're, they're going to make the playoffs. Exactly. Let's start buying in. You know, Adelis Garcia, first Bowman Chrome Auto, PSA 10, only $56. Like, we would jump at that. Absolutely. If we thought about this back in August, we would be like, hey, man, this is a good buy because I think this card could go up. 
He's got huge power. He comes up clutch, clutch in situations at the plate. And, you know, his he's got he's batting 292. He's got 24 ABs, 292 average, two home runs, five ribbies, 875 OPS. I mean, he's he's playing well in the postseason and it's showing. Hell yeah. It's showing with almost a uh, with almost a fifty dollar, you know, doubling your money again. Exactly. Yeah, I, that's I that's a really great discussion to have with people in the hobby because I don't even even if like here's a question for you, Jason. Obviously, the further they get, the more exciting the card market becomes, the more hot it gets, and the more hype it gets. But even if you buy the cards at like end of August, September of Orioles players, or even Carroll, Corbin Carroll, like other teams that have been eliminated, I don't know, Brewers cards or like the wild card game cards, if you have those cards thinking like, hey, they're going to compete for the postseason, they might get in, and you sell them towards the end of the season leading into the postseason, I feel like even there you can make money. Like you can't, you don't, you won't only make money the further the player gets. Like that's guaranteed. But players like, um, like Julian from Minnesota and maybe even some Korea cards or something, I feel like you could make a good chunk of money or at least like 20 to 30% on your card and just kind of buy it end of August or early September and then list it to end when the postseason starts. But, I don't know how you feel about that. The only the only thing that makes me a little bit hesitant is is that you are taking a risk there. Oh yeah. You you know, it is a big risk because you're banking on one, you're banking on the team making the postseason. So you would have <laughs> to you would have to almost pick a team that like like the Dodgers, the Braves, you know, the Astros, like somebody that you the Phillies that you know for sure, like, okay. Based on their records, based on their gameplay, they are going to make the postseason, and then maybe buy into those players. But you're if you're buying into like the division leaders or like your top seeds, like the Dodgers and and the Braves, you're. I think that's even more risky because you're you're taking away from that wild card round, which everyone's like super hyped about, right? Like and and, and your lower your lower end markets, right? Your Diamondbacks, your um, your Marlins, your your, your Rangers, your Blue Jays, like I feel like those are almost the better markets to buy into because they shouldn't be as hot. Right. If you're, you're who you're gonna buy into, Acuna, he's already hot. <laughs> Freddie Freeman, he's already hot. You know what I mean? Like, I know what you're, you're saying. gonna you're gonna buy buy into these players who already are at the top of their their markets pretty much, and then like hope that that they're gonna you know take off in the postseason, you might not see as big of a jump as you do if I'm looking at, you know, Adelis Garcia, who obviously people are forgetting about because his first Bowman auto is sitting at $56. Yeah. yeah. All right. Good point. I agree with that. Especially because Corbin Carroll at start of the season was 504. God. And now he's, and now he's at, he's over a thousand dollars for his first Bowman Chrome auto Atlas is at 102. It's yeah. like it's it's crazy. It, this this hobby is in, insane sometimes. If you look <laughs> at those like markets like, you know, it, unbelievable that you're looking at a player, you can buy a, another player's same card for I don't even know like what the percentage of it is, like 10% of what it is or whatever, you know. Mm-hmm. Like it's insane. It's really insane. It's also really cool. <laughs> 
Yeah. I mean, is there anybody else? Because those were the three players, so Corbin Carroll, Jordan, and Adelis that I wrote down. And then you made a really good point about buying into these players come August, September. But, yeah, for me, I think it's it's a, it's risky. But if, hey, if you're willing to take it, roll the dice, man. You know, we always say that in the group chat. Roll the dice. <laughs> yeah, you say you know, it a so, lot more now. Yeah, I mean, yeah, but it's like because here's the thing. Like, what, you can be conservative in the hobby and it, and it'll it'll keep you safe for the most part probably but i mean eventually you're going to have to start taking some risks you know you can't just be you know like mathematical and 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 play your cards that way because i just sometimes you got to take a little bit of a risk you know I in think, my opinion i guess i agree with you yeah i even i don't know i like everything that you've said even if you want to buy so I agree that we especially usually buy into those lower markets like the wildcard teams are just a a team that's not dominating in the MLB like the Braves or like the Orioles or anybody like that. Like It would have been sweet to buy up some Phillies cards, some Marlins cards, even some Diamondbacks cards, obviously, because of their success. Yeah. And yeah, I agree with all that. I think that's a really great point. And I don't know. I It's... Yeah, it's a tough question for me to think about now because obviously I, I don't think any player that you would have invested in in August slash September when the playoffs were not happening. Like, do you think that cards decrease from August to October for the teams that have been eliminated? Like, right if you sold them right when the playoffs started, including Gunner, Adley, obviously Carroll, um, all these other, like, good players before the postseason started do you think they would have anyone would have lost money on those cards yeah possibly yeah okay because i mean you got to think you know like we say all the time this this hobby's really surrounded a lot by hype and, and these markets are driven by hype and you know for for the teams that you know for sure are not going to make postseason yeah you probably start to kind of why are you going to invest in their cards now it's already august september they're not making the postseason. There's not much gameplay left. Like, why am I buying into their cards now? Uh, you know, I might as well wait for, excuse me, wait for the off season and hope that the market continues to drop. Okay. All right. I agree with you there because that's, yeah, that's a whole other topic because we've, we've said it many times on this podcast before and even in our group chat, like the best time to buy sports cards is during the off season. Yeah. But, but I think it's really cool that to think about potentially buying players during season in hopes that once they make it to the playoffs, that those card markets will go up. And I also like what you said about taking a little bit of uh, like a small risk here and there. Uh, There's no, (laughs) there's harm in it. Like it is risk. Obviously you could lose money, but at the end of the day, you could also make a lot of money. So roll the dice. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's high risk versus high reward. It's just whatever you're comfortable doing. Like I, I feel as if like us and jelly, we are a lot more conservative, but that's only because, you know, we're, we're still starting off, right? Like we're, we're not at that point where we can just be like, yeah, gamble it. Let's go. <laughs> yeah. You know, we're not, we're not going to the casino and dropping 10, 10 grand on, on red, hoping it hits red. You know what I mean? We're not at that point in our <laughs> jelly cards career that we can really take the gamble. And if it doesn't pan out, we're, you know, yeah, it's going to suck, but it's not detrimental to us. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, 
but it's not going to break the bank, so to speak. Yeah, but I think it's okay to take a risk every now and then, and and buy. I mean, we did it. We did it with Fields, and and hopefully it ends up turning around for us. You know, he's playing. He's playing better. Hey, it could work out because at the first start we were like, oh my god, what did we do? You know, so like mm. why did why did we do this? You know. Yeah. We're so, never investing in singles again, apparently. Yeah, which I think is <laughs> uh, that again. That's another topic for for, converse, for uh, conversation because I think that is like the worst idea in the history of a hobby, whatever. <laughs> because it's like you're you're just what you're banking on every single box that we open is gonna be amazing. Like, and you're banking on like every single single that you purchase is gonna be a loss. Like, come on. Yeah, exactly. That's what that, I, exactly. But again, <laughs> topic of a di- for a different conversation. But I think it's okay for for us to take a little bit of a risk, and and that might be a great time to buy it. Because listen, I you know, it's got to be though. It's got to be a team that's going into the postseason, though, in my opinion. Because I, I go back to um, you know, I know I've talked about it a lot. But like when I tried to sell my uh, Vladimir Guerrero card when I thought he was going to win the um, triple crown, he didn't win the triple crown. That that market plummeted man once everybody realized he was not gonna win that triple crown it's like nobody wanted flag cards anymore mm-hmm. and it dropped and it, it it dropped by like 50 plus man in a matter of a day and i couldn't believe it and i was like oh my oh my god like you know what's going on <laughs> yeah i was like well, just because of that because he's not gonna win triple crown you guys don't want Vladimir Guerrero Jr. like you know, like I, insane to me. But that's what happens in the hobby. The moment people realize, oh, they're they're not going to make the playoffs. Oh, he's not going to win MVP, or he's not going to do this. He's not going to do that. I don't want the card anymore. You know. Yeah. So here's my like follow up question for you, Jason. If so, teams that made the postseason this year. And, like, I guess the people that have been eliminated. Like, I'm trying to think of a way to phrase this properly. This is in defense of your boy, Bo. Like, Bo Bichette cards. I think Bo had a really great postseason. I know they only played two games, but I know he did really well. He had a really great regular season. Yeah, exactly. Like, players like Bo Bichette and players who, uh, I guess, were almost into the postseason. Like, would you look at buying into those type of cards markets? Because I know in our group chat... Bo is an example. I guess it's a bad example because the uh, Blue Jays made the playoffs. But would you buy those cards now that the season is getting close to an end in anticipation for next year? Like, this is this is a kudos to the Tigers. I did not expect the Tigers to do very well. But they won, like, I don't know, almost 80 games this year, maybe 70-something. And Spencer is who I'm thinking about because of Spencer Torkelson's like home runs and his mm-hmm. success. And, oh my God, I, just, I feel so, so bad for Luis Robert and the White Sox, but players like that who are doing well this year, but their team is not making the playoffs. Are you interested in buying those cards now in anticipation that maybe next year they're going to make a little tiny playoff run? Oh yeah. I was actually, it's, it's funny that you bring that up because I was going to dedicate an entire episode to that. Oh, <laughs> Um, but Dang. absolutely. And it's first player, Bobby Witt. Yeah. I love Bobby Witt. Junior. I want, I want way more Bobby Witt cards. I want a ton of Bobby Witt cards. Hell yeah. I agree with you. I told you in the chat, like I, my eye test, which is just John's like watching a baseball player play 
Bobby Wood Jr. is one of my favorites. He passes every every question on the eye test exam. Bobby Wood Jr. nails it. But again, who like who am I? What the hell do I know when it comes to baseball? Apparently, in the Jelly Cards group chat. But I agree with you. I, I love Bobby Wood Jr. and I would love to have more Bobby Wood Jr. cards. Bobby Wood Jr. has all the capabilities in the world to be a 40-40 hitter. Yeah. Or to be a 40-40 like, player. And what we say, what we mean by 40-40 is hit 40 home runs and steal 40 bases. Yeah, man. He looks like, he even swings like Mike Trout. Yeah, he's got a beautiful swing. He batted well. I think he was batted like over 290 or something. Or it was like 280s, 290. He had 31 home runs, I believe. Uh, he might have maybe reached 100 ribbies. I th- think he had close to f- maybe like 36. He had close to maybe 40 RBIs. Uh, yeah, if 96 ribbies this season. You mean yeah. stolen bases. He had 49 yeah. stolen bases. 49 stolen bases, yeah. So he had 30 homers and 49 stolen oh, bases. Oh, so there you – yeah. So, I mean, he, he literally can do 40-40 easily. I agree. He could be 40-50. Yeah, man. That's nuts. He can hit 40 homers and 50. And what did he bet? Like 292 bases. or something like that? Uh, 290, I think. Hold on. Okay. Um, nope. Yikes. 276. Whoa. Who was I thinking of? I have no idea. <laughs> uh, maybe I was maybe I was mixing them up with like Kyle Tucker or something. Oh, uh, maybe with his average. I think he was around there. But still, I want Bobby Whitcards. He also led the majors in triples with eleven. Yeah, I want I Bobby Whitcards. I'm in. I'll do it. I'm with you. Because the moment his contract's up, I hope he does not stay with Kansas City unless that team turns it around, and I hope he goes somewhere else, preferably the Cubs. <laughs> There's no room. We all we have is short steps. I know. Well, put him at third. Hey, whatever. I'm in. Yeah, put him at third. Keep Nico, you know, or whatever. Do do whatever you want. Bring him over. Thank you. <laughs> we'll take Bobby Witt Jr. Yeah. But yes, I think Spencer's a good one. I think Bobby Witt's a good one. Boba Shett should be a good one. I don't know why people have kind of Stopped buying into Bo- Boba Shett cards. It kind of baffles me with the, the season that he had. He batted three fourteen. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, he's he's a he's a great ball player. I know he's kind of injury prone, but he's another really great player that you could be looking at. Luis Robert, like his home runs were incredible this year for him, and he finally played a season where he what didn't get injured. How about this one? Uh, sorry to kind of like maybe cut you off a little bit, but it ties into this discussion. Beginning of the year. Who are the two people that we talked about was like, you need to sell your cards right now because the market is insane. AL and NL rookies that people were going nuts for. Oh, Jordan Walker and Anthony Volpe. Exactly. Are you interested in buying those cards now? No. What? The Yankees? No. Oh, man. I'm, sure, no, with I'm the surprised. Way the Yan- with the, Yanke- with the way <laughs> the Yankees are playing? No, I wouldn't touch that market. Whoa. Okay. Very interesting. I yeah, I think I disagree with you there. I'm kind of interested in looking up. The some only player, cards. the only player I would I would buy from the Yankees would be Jadom, and I yeah. think Jadom's market's going to drop because because he's he's injured mm-hmm. and he's and he's having uh he's having Tommy John surgery, so I think his mar- his market will drop because of his injury, and I think he would be a good buy. But anybody else on that team, yeah, I probably wouldn't touch it. I'm trying to look up Jordan Walker's stats because I think Volpe finished with like a 210 average or something like that. Yeah, I, was, not good. I saw something the other day, and I don't know I what. Mean, uh, I would rather buy into a player that looks like he could have potential to, like, have a really good next year. 
you know. In 117 games for Jordan Walker, he batted 276. Not horrible. No. He had 16 homers and 51 RBIs. What, so, was, his, what was his on base and stuff? On base, 342, slugged 445, OPS 787. His market is absolutely nowhere near what it was when the season started, which is a testament to what we were talking about. But he's only, I think he's still only 21 years old. And the Cardinals, those sons of potatoes, they're, they're, <laughs> they're always good. So I'm not. I'm, Except for I'm, this year. I know. I'm, I'm sure that the Cardinals will do something and they'll be back in playoff race next year. So I'd rather buy a Nolan Arenado card. Hey. Right on. Because I'll bet you their markets are probably similar. Yo, that's a great, great point, Jason. Very John of you to say. Yeah. But I, it's kind of sad. Buy into that one. I don't think Nolan's going to win the gold glove this year. Really? Yeah. Did you know that? This will be his first year in, in how many? What, like nine? 11. Yeah, or maybe. Something. Yeah. And he's going to lose, I'm pretty sure. Wow. He's going to lose to maybe he used to be your boy, Cabrian Hayes. <laughs> Really? Keep yeah. Huh. yeah, I think Brian Hayes is going to take the gold glove. Yeah, keep it I mean, he's he's another player that, you know, yeah, maybe you could buy into some of his cards, but batting-wise, it's just not not good. Yeah, it's you just, know? yeah, I don't know. Like, that's, now that we talked about it this whole time, I'm just thinking about rookie cards that, who else was super hot? Like, Colas, I know we talked about Colas because he was a huge rookie who came out of the gate. Uh, Tristan. Tristan Casas. Yeah, there you go. That's another good one. He was like, he was my bet to win Rookie of the Year for, for the AL. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, I, I'd be interested, you know, because there's no way those markets are as crazy as they were. No, I think I think his last, I want to say his, like, last, like, first Bowman auto maybe was just, like, a little over 100 or something like that. Mm. I want to say, if you want to look it up, because I think he, I think he popped up. I, I want to say it was the auto. I, I don't – maybe it was just a regular one. If it was a regular one, then maybe not, but – I'm just trying to like – I'm trying to tie this all in now because, yeah, we started talking about postseason. Now I'm thinking about offseason and purchases. Even – oh, man, even players who are like on the verge of making it to the MLB since we're such – we're big Bowman people, prospects who are in AAA – or even double A who are like, yo, these guys are coming up next year. Yeah, now but those markets season... are probably like super hot though. Uh, okay. Would like, you... I mean, you would have to think the first player you'd have to think of is Jackson Holiday. And his I'm... market's like crazy hot. I'm thinking of your former boy, Kyle Manzardo, now that he's on Cleveland. Yeah, I hopefully. I mean, it's about the time. <laughs> like, pull, call yeah. this kid up. Like, what are you doing? Yeah. I mean, well, the only problem is is that they have uh, um, Josh Naylor, on, I think that's his name, on Cleveland, who mm-hmm. plays first. And he actually had a really good year. Yeah. I don't know what they're going to do. But, the, like, stuff like that. Like, any any prospects that you've been eyeing now that the offseason is approaching, I feel I, like now is a great time to scoop some up because people are going to be – Yeah, scooping. I have I have not looked at any prospect cards. Uh Wow. Yeah. Did you hear that, everybody? Jason, <laughs> Jason of Jelly Cards, a business run on Bowman, doesn't care about Bowman prospect cards. Yeah, yeah. Thanks, business. Jason. Yeah, business ran on only one thing. <laughs> yeah. No, yeah, I haven't. I've actually been looking just like just too many too many Pokemon cards. Nice. No such thing. Hell yeah. 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 
But, I mean, is there any other player who's currently playing in the postseason right now that you're looking at and thinking – you know, I was looking at uh, before the playoffs and to go based off of what you were saying about looking into players' markets. Corey Seager was another player that I was, like, heavily looking at, like, nice. before the playoffs started. And I – the only reason why I didn't buy into his – or consider buying into any of his cards was just because I was like, what what's wrong with this dude's market? It was <laughs> yeah. so low. I'm like, what is going on? Like, what? I just, it baffles me when I look at certain players. Like, guys, he's playing right now. Like, he he could he he could win the MVP. Like, there's actually a shot. Like, he could possibly win MVP. If not win MVP, he's taking number two. Yeah. And, and he's doing well this postseason, like too. And it's like his first Bowman Chrome's like a $20 card in a 10. Yeah. It's a great like, example. Like, what's going on? Like, why why not Corey Seager? You know, why why aren't you buying in? He's doing it right now. You're actually physically watching him. Like, it's it's unreal to me that you would rather buy into a player who you think is going to do it, but you don't know for sure. <laughs> I think he might. So I'm going to spend $1,000 on him versus I'm actually witnessing the player do it right now, but I think that card's worth $20. Like, what? <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, I think Seeker's a great example. But to kind of, I don't know, uh, what's the term? Like, die, I don't know, die on the hill. I'm going to die on my hill of uh, being a pitcher supporter. I kind of want to buy some Aaron Nola cards, oh, and I man. want Zach Gallen rookies too. I yeah, love but, Zach Gallen. But here's the thing, though. You're you're buying into those those markets, like, at the wrong time. I know, but they're doing well. So, like, players I like know, that. I know, but that's what I'm saying. Like, Both of those like, teams are in the championship series, right? Yeah. Diamondbacks. Or I shouldn't say that. Not the Phillies. Not yet. But if they go to the World Series, Chase, what's going to happen to the Aaron Nola card market or the Zach Galen card market? Galen. I mean, I mean, you might see, like, I mean, how much of a bump are you looking at from, from just these know. two series? You know, that's that's my point. Twenty dollars like, to twenty-five. <laughs> like you, you would. You, those would have been the players that you should have been looking at in like August and September versus wanting to buy them to them now, or even if they were they were off-season um, purchases. Yeah. That those markets could easily flip on on a snap of the fingers. They could go from being great to being nothing. I like that. I think I agree with you. Probably would have been best to buy them like I don't know August September. No one ever really looks at pitching, so who cares? But when they go out and have performances like this, yeah. I feel like it's a it's a prime opportunity, like we've been talking about, to sell your cards in the postseason. I mean, yeah, and and it's a good thing for us to maybe consider next year when you know when baseball's happening, and and we could look into. I don't think we could convince uh, some people in jelly anymore <laughs> to buy mm. into these players' markets, but I mean, <laughs> hey, I'll buy in with you. <laughs> You know, like I'll that. buy in with you and then they can, you know, they can sit back and go, oh, <laughs> I wish those were done it too. Oh, I, you know, we should have listened to John and Jason. Yeah, nobody ever listens to us. No, no, we just get bullied all the time. Yeah, man, you have no idea. Uh, I, oh, I do have the idea. I was the originator. <laughs> okay, sure. I was the one that was always getting picked on in the group chat, okay? Yeah, all, all my SGC talk, all my hey, let's buy into other sports, let's do this, let's do that, and I would just get yelled at all the time. 
Like I was just, I was the unwanted person in Jelly. Mm -hmm. Sure. Yeah. And now all of a sudden, oh, poor John. Yeah, man. Losing my mind every day. It just gets worse. Yeah. But we, <laughs> we do it to ourselves. Yeah. It's our own fault. <laughs> yeah. Well, I like, I like talking about Otani and I like hating on Otani. So. Yeah. It, it's, it, it's it brings fun. me joy. It brings, it brings the blood pressure up. It keeps us young. <laughs> Yeah, it keeps me up. It gives me more gray hairs in my beard. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but any uh, any final uh, thoughts on this episode before we wrap it up? Uh, nothing specifically. I I like that we it's like we talked about on the previous episode. It's really tough to decide when to sell your cards, and I'm happy that we're talking about postseason because for the fellow baseball card purchasers out there and collectors. It's, I don't know, like I, we, we talked about it on another episode where it's tough to decide when to sell them during the season, but I feel like postseason and beginning of the season are usually the best times to sell. I don't know if you agree with that or not, but. I actually, honestly, and that, that I, I meant to ask you or finish off the episode by asking you, like, if, do you think it's smarter to sell midseason or postseason? Me, I would, I would say midseason still. Because wow. I think there's still a lot more hype around the players. And I think, you know, like their midseason play is going to really increase the markets because it's just like, like, again, going back on Corbin Carroll, if you bought into that $500 first Bowman Chrome Auto PSA oh, yeah. 10 at the beginning of the season and, and chose to hold it all the way until the end of, um, until the end of the season for them, make it like you're taking a gigantic risk. Think if that was your game plan going in, like I'm holding this until the end of the season because I think the Diamondbacks are making playoffs. Like and it's, you're it's saying, a, it's you would have dumped it. Like yeah, I would have dumped it. Like and I think and for me personally, because I'm I have held on to cards for way too long. Like if I start doing this, I just I I need to set myself like a limit. Like if I if if I can double my money or triple my money, I'm selling this card. Interesting thought. Okay. Yeah, I you agree know. with you there. Like, right. So, yeah. That's a very good point. Yeah, that's that's just another thing that people can listen to this episode and kind of reach out to us about. So, this entire episode, we were trying to talk about postseason baseball and then tie that into the sports card market when it comes to baseball cards. So, if you've been listening and you have any thoughts or concerns or even questions, advice, please reach out to us. Uh, we are Jelly Cards, J-E-L-I. C-A-R-D-S on Instagram and Twitter. On TikTok, we are jelly underscore cards. And let us know what you think. Let us know if uh, you disagree, if you agree. Are you selling your baseball cards when postseason comes around? Are you selling them at midseason? Are you selling them before the season? And just kind of your reaction and your research, so to speak, when it comes to the baseball cards market. All of the stuff that we talk about is just things that we pick up on when we get into our collecting discussions and our debates in our Jelly Cards group chat. And we'd love for everybody else who listens to our podcast to be a part of that. So reach out to us however you prefer. Um, and as always, thank you, everyone, very much for listening. I hope we have an amazing weekend, an amazing week ahead. And as always, all of this is said in love. Keep spreading the love of this hobby from your friends at Jelly Cards. <laughs>